0: Well, good evening, everyone. The Rams are 4-0 through the first quarter with a Super Bowl champion, Marco Far I am J.B. Long, joined by the head coach of the unbeaten Rams, Sean McVay, with us uh, coming off... Uh, A weekend off, uh, a rare one in season after the Thursday night football win. Uh, How was it for you and your friends and family?
1: Yeah, it was good. You know, my parents were in town and got a chance to hang out with them and my girlfriend a little bit and watch a little football yesterday, and and now we're back at it. So it was was a good, you know, refreshing way to kind of just relax a little bit, and now uh, here we go for a tough division matchup.
2: Can you go a minute without thinking about football? You know what, I can. I, I mean, can. a full 60 seconds. I can,
1: but, you know, the thing that's fortunate is I really love what would, you know, being, being able to be involved in football. So it's something that, you know, it's – I enjoyed being able to sit on the couch and watch Red Zone and different games. And, you know, there's so many different friends, whether it's players that you've worked with before or other coaches that you've worked with, that you enjoy seeing how those guys are doing. Uh, great win by Coach LaFleur and the Titans yesterday. Enjoyed watching that. I thought he did a great job in a lot of tight situations. So, you know, those are fun things to be able to kind of be a fan and, and watch your buddies have success. I
2: want you to see this, JB and Coach. I wrote this last night. That video of that game This game we're we're talking about was more fun than watching Netflix. I'm serious. Yeah. The offense was fun. The defense was fun. It was outstanding. A lot of fun. Not just winning football, but fun football. Great for LA.
1: Yeah, no, it was fun. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, You know, you'd prefer not to have to end it with a great play by John Franklin at the end and, and then Todd having to close it out. But. You know, to our players' credit, they made a lot of plays. Uh, I thought our defense made the plays that they had to uh, when we needed them the most. And, and ultimately, it's about the team, you know, playing together and playing complementary football. And I thought our guys did that. And to be able to come away with a win on a short week against a tough opponent, you know, I, I that's, that's a good football team we played and, and got a whole lot of respect for Coach Zimmer and a lot of their players. And, um, you know, that, that, was a, that was a hard-earned win, and our guys did a great job.
0: This is the Week 5 edition of the Coach McVay Show, live from Thousand Oaks. Thought it was cool to see uh, Brandon Cooks, I guess, play the host. He had a bunch of the offensive players over to his house for NFL Sunday, and I think that speaks to what chemistry your group has on and off the field.
1: Yeah, you know, you can see these guys really enjoy each other, JB, and I think that's something that, you know, it's going to kind of happen organically and naturally, and I think that's a result of just having a lot of really special people, special players on our team, and uh, enjoying you know that we talk about being connected all the time but it's got to happen and, and really the ownership that these guys have taken on uh, and really kind of the identity that I think we're starting to you know see develop right before our eyes is something that's special to be a part of you know these guys get happy for each other uh, whether it's offense defense special teams uh, when you look at what a connected team looks like, you know I, I hope that that's what we look like from afar. And, and when you kind of step back and observe it, uh, it, it looks like they're having a lot of fun and enjoying
0: each other. And job well done by Rob Havenstein and his wife. Perfectly timed for the open weekend, he became a dad.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, it, it timed up great. He was able to spend the weekend with him. It came after after the Thursday game, and mom's doing good and baby's good. So uh, we were really happy for Rob. He's playing his butt off too. He's doing excellent. You know, I think he's really you know got a, got a great feel for what we're looking for. That whole line as a as a whole. Couldn't couldn't say enough about them, just the continuity that they've displayed, the ownership of the system, being productive in both the run and the pass. Uh real credit to Aaron Cromer's leadership and then some of those guys, especially you look at the veteran side of our line. Uh, on that left side, really, just been impressed with those guys.
2: Whitworth is always the first guy on the field. It's amazing. When race, race
1: yeah. to the hash, Andrew Whitworth. It's called race to the hash. That's uh, you know he's, he beats yeah. guys out there, you know, and uh, you know I think it's a representation of kind of one of the ways that he leads. But he he gets out there in a hurry. That's for sure.
0: He does. Yeah. He was pretty proud of that uh, two banger block that he got there on Thursday night, right? Not just he, he one was. bike, but think, he shot he him was into the next level. A little upset
1: about the previous play, and that, that, you know <laughs> they took out the anger from that one. It was a great job by him and. Uh, gave us a chance to, to, to get a field goal off right there but uh, you know he's, he's playing great football for us
0: normally Monday is a light uh, kind of above the neck just day for treatment and lifting and whatnot for your group but with the extra time you're able to get back on the grass today how was practice here at Cal Lutheran I, you
1: know what just made my day was you just said above the neck JB I love that <laughs> man that's, that's great um, it was good it, to get the guys back in here you know off of a weekend that, that was well deserved and, and uh, um, you know they, they came back in they, they had you know a great demeanor about themselves but you know we were really still just careful. We got some different situations that came up from other games, some situations that came up in our game and kind of a jog through more of a mental approach and and getting just really, they got a good lift with Ted and his staff. And then we got them out there just want to get them on the field and uh, just kind of more of an activation type mental practice than anything else. And and then Wednesday and Thursday and and Friday will serve as a normal week. But I wanted to be mindful of, especially after four games, really, and I want to say it was an 18-day span. You guys probably know better than me, but want to make sure that we try to keep these guys fresh, and they've demonstrated the ability to practice uh, hard when we ask them to, but then also get a lot out of the mental reps and different things like that.
2: Can you comment on that? We talk about that. It's not just the football stuff that's going on here. It's everything football. I mean, everything seems to be on the cutting edge Treatment lifting everything around this building is on the cutting edge. Well
1: you know really these are things that until I got a chance to be in this role you know you continue to learn as much as you can about it because it's important to you know ultimately everything we do is about the players DeMarco and when you've got phenomenal people like Ted Rath and Reggie Scott in those leadership roles where they can provide some insight but they also still have an understanding of what we need to get done uh, from a schematic standpoint from a practice standpoint so uh, they're football guys so they understand All right, here's how we can keep guys fresh here's kind of what the threshold is the balance between the volume and the intensity you know guys being able to tell them how their bodies feel you know we use the gps as a measurement to see kind of the workloads and to our players' credit, really, since we've gotten here as a new coaching staff, they've done an excellent job of understanding the importance of the walkthroughs and our ability to utilize those in addition to when we practice. And because we feel like we can get something out of that, it enables us not to feel like you have to have so many physical reps uh, so that their player, so that our players can be as fresh as possible on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays, whenever it is that we're playing.
0: Uh, wrapping up the first segment of the Coach McVeigh Show, Week 5 edition with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Uh, can we just kind of go through injury and availability up updates here to to finish things off sure. I understand uh, Mark Barron was able to go through individual stuff with you. He today. was,
1: you know, and and that's kind of been the goal all along is, you know, just kind of being mindful of the fact that, you know, really having those four games in the short amount of time that we did, then getting the chance to have the 10-day rest until really we end up playing against Seattle after the Minnesota game. So We'll see if he can go, and really, you know, today served as a good start. Uh, I think he felt good about that, and then, you know, we'll get a chance to evaluate him on Wednesday and Thursday as well.
0: In hindsight, what percentage do you think Peters played at the other night, and will he be back to 100 for Seattle?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think that's to be determined. I, I think it's a great, you know, representation of him as a competitor. He got out there. Uh, he felt good enough to play, and, you know, you trust him that, that he's going to be able to go out there, and I thought he made a lot of plays that influenced and affected the outcome of the game um you know and, and those guys to their credit minnesota made some great plays too and and you know marcus is a great player i think he's only going to continue to get healthier as we get closer to game day uh we gave him a little bit of a rest day today and and the more time that you get especially with some of those soft tissue injuries i think the better that he f- he'll feel and we're hopeful that by the time sunday rolls around he'll be ready to go and, and feeling good
0: and pro bowl kicker greg Zerline has a chance he
1: does he's got a chance you know reggie put him through a workout yesterday he got a handful of kicks in um you know how we utilize him. Is he a full go where he's doing kickoffs, kicks? You know, a lot of these things are, you know, going to be predicated on how we sort out our 46 and things of that nature. But certainly if Greg is able to go, we want to be able to try to do everything in our power to get him up and uh, not at the expense of, of pushing him, but understanding the importance of that role and what he brings to our football team.
0: And then last thing, unfortunately, it sounds like Dom Easley had surgery today, Coach. He
1: did, yeah. It went well, but this poor guy. I mean, you talk about something that just makes you sick for for somebody that you care about and that's been through a lot, and that means a lot to our football team. I know how much his teammates care about him. But, um, you know, to even get to the point that he got to this year uh, is, is such a credit to his uh, perseverance being able to work through with the amount of surgeries he's had on that knee unfortunately it looks like we're gonna have to put him on ir but we love him he's still going to be a part of this thing for us and um you know that that's really all you can say is nothing but a whole lot of appreciation and respect for the human being and, and what he's done to get himself into this point and, and you, it just makes you sick that a lot of these things are out of his control but you know I think the thing he can feel good about is he'll have no regrets about the way that he attacked this process and handled it uh, like a true man and, and like somebody that you know we hope most people handle adversity like. He
2: brought it, man. He I mean, did while he was out there. He brought it. Yeah.
1: No. He's uh, you know he, he he's uh, he's a great guy. I got nothing but appreciation for him. And you know that, that that's the things. human element that you, you just hate about this game when when guys get injured and really some of these things are out of their control.
0: Alright, after sweeping September, now the Rams hit the road for three straight, and we will talk with Coach McVeigh about some of the uh, potential replacement options for Dominic Easley. As we continue with this edition of the Coach McVay Show, we'll break down the win over the Vikings on Thursday Night Football after this on ESPN LA 710. Well, good evening once again, everyone. It is week five. The Rams are off to Seattle to play three straight road games, Denver and San Francisco as well before we see them at the Coliseum again. We continue with Sean McVay after a 4-0 and start. And I don't get the sense from your group that there's any real tense feeling about concern for a letdown. There's something about this group that feels very comfortable and confident with where they are at this point in the season heading to the second quarter.
1: Yeah and that's that's the goal is is really you know they've done a great job through the first quarter of the season but they understand that there's a lot of work that we still have to get done and and that's really one day at a time to be able to try to continue to to work in the right direction and uh, that's focused on getting better and and really we've got a tough division opponent this week Uh, we have a whole lot of respect for the Seattle Seahawks and while there is a confidence, they also know they got to earn that every single day with the way that they go about their preparation, the way we practice, the way that we plan, and then ultimately we're hopeful that if we do those things, then it leads to uh, some of the performances that you've seen up to this date.
2: I had a great conversation in the produce department of my grocery store. And nice. Everybody's a Ram fan now, but they were talking about the offensive line, and he asked me this, and I said I'll ask him tonight. Is it the offensive line that's helping you as a play caller or the opposite?" Oh, I, I mean, I definitely think the
1: players are the ones that make these plays come to life. And mm-hmm. and really, I think uh, as a result of the way that our unit is playing as a whole, and it always starts up front, especially when you're seeing a lot of these things in the pass game or the run game, creating some movement for Todd in the run game, creating some space for Jared in the pass game, and then giving it a chance for things to develop. Uh, it's always about the players, you know you try to do a great job as a coaching staff of figuring out ways to put them in spots that are number one conducive for them to have success and then number two to attack the defense or whatever structure in the situation uh that we're anticipating, but you can't say enough about really the way that our offense is playing and, and executing, and they're the, the they 're the ones that have to execute these plays. Um, and and when they make them come to life, then that's when it makes you look like uh, we're doing a good job as a coaching staff, and I think our offensive coaching staff has done a nice job, but the players are the ones that are delivering and and really couldn't be more pleased with where they're at right now.
0: Sean, you talk a lot about intent and understanding the intent of a design or a play, and it kind of started with Jared and uh, Les last week, talked about how your receivers prepare like their franchise quarterbacks, and this uh, week most recently I heard you talk about the offensive line kind of understanding and absorbing the intent too. Why is that so important in kind of the second year of this offense?
1: Well, I think, you know, really when you're talking about it, you know, we we have a reason for why, and that's kind of our checks and balances as a coaching staff, but I think it helps create an understanding of what we're trying to get done, and if they have an understanding for the intent of the play call or why we're running a certain concept versus a front-in-the-run game or versus a a coverage in the past game, I think they have a better idea of understanding how to execute the nuances within the framework of it if they know here's what the design and here's what we're hopeful to accomplish based on this. Coach Cromer does an excellent job of being able to lay out game plans for those guys specifically in a manner that streamlines the process uh, but also paints a very clear picture. And, I mean, you're talking about the intricacies of, All right, how are these guys, you know, you've got an over-defense, but how are they fitting certain blocks, whether it's wide zone combinations, whether it's tight zone combinations? Is it a split-flow run? Is it a full-flow run? How do we expect and anticipate uh, the way that they keep their gap integrity? And our players understand that because they're smart guys that are very conscientious and I think when they understand that intent, then it gives you a better chance to be able to execute at a higher level and and that's our job as coaches is to prevent is to present that clarity so that they can go play without any gray or uncertainty and know what the expectations are and uh, when you've got smart conscientious players that are talented and care. Um, you know, I think that's what we're seeing up to this point.
2: We love the X's and O's, we love the throws and the touchdowns, but I say, look at the protection in the middle. It's been outstanding. Oh my you know, God! It's really
1: they've they've done such a great job, uh, especially with a lot of these plays where you know it, it takes some time to develop, and um, you know they have really they've they've been they've been great. You know, you can't say enough about the way these guys go about their business, the way they play together, and uh, it's been fun to watch.
0: Demarco, we did it. What we do, do? Twenty minutes past the hour, and we didn't say Jared Goff's name yet. we're trying not to succeed right let's Let's go go. go to the quarterback who had one of the all-time great performances in Rams history there's no other way around it He must be thrilled
1: it it was great you know and and he had a feel he's 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 a baller man and he's just got a good feel for the game and that's one of the things that stood out uh, when you get around him you know certain guys that just have those good instincts and awareness you know and and I think you're starting to see the confidence uh, how comfortable he is and what he's trying to get done the trust that he has in the playmakers around him and um you know he, he's a special he's got a special ability to consistently hit spots whether he's on the move whether he's in the pocket you look at some of his throws when he's getting flushed to his right flush to his left uh, I'd be honest I thought he was throwing the one touchdown to Cooper Cup away I mean he dropped that in the back corner and if you look at when he let that go with where Cooper was in regards to the DBs and I mean that's a great throw man I mean you, you, you just can't say anything but wow what a play man you know and, and, and it seemed like you were saying that to him a lot the other night and uh, he was feeling it, and and uh, you know that that was fun to watch and be a part of, what's, and and he did a great job. What's
2: that in golf? Eagle, yeah, dropping <laughs> a, <laughs> a hole in one. That's a hole in one. Oh my god, that was what a, a hole in one shot. But the guy he threw it to Cooper Cup. <laughs> Besides the catch and run, that guy's just a football player. He sure is, and uh,
1: you know that's kind of what Cooper's been since since we got with him. He's got a great feel uh you know he, he's he got a, quite a different approach to most receivers that you're typically accustomed to coming in contact with but you say the same thing about Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cooks as well and then those guys positively push each other they're happy for each other and I thought Jared did a great job of getting a variety of those guys involved you look at all three of those guys go over on 100 you see Todd have 73 yards or whatever it was and Um, You know, it's fun, and those guys play for each other. That's the most important thing.
0: Thursday night, the Rams became the second team in NFL history to have three receivers with 100 yards and a receiving touchdown in the same game, joining the 1995 uh, Lions. We were watching you have so much fun, including the chest bump with Jared Goff, which we need to talk about. Because not only did he have a perfect game, but he also gave you a little extra, didn't he?
1: He did. You know, he's a little bit taller than me. You know, and (laughs) I wasn't sure if he was going to go up or not. But I can promise you, if that happens again, I'm going to get better height, and I won't lose my headset the next. Time
0: we've talked about this, you know, kind of earlier in your career, <laughs> earlier in your tenure about calling plays and how much you love it. But mm-hmm. seeing that under the lights Thursday, I couldn't help but think you're never going to let this go, are you? You're well, not, you're not going to relinquish that role ever, are you? What
1: you love is, you know, the, the the play calling is a collaboration of our offensive staff, you know, and and I, you know, I don't think people realize, you know, how involved everybody is, whether that's Aaron Cromer. Uh, whether it's Shane Waldron, Zach Taylor, Eric Yarber, Skip Pete, i mean, everybody is 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 uh, intricate part of our offensive game planning, uh, and ultimately how we want to operate during the games. What you get so excited about is when you see your guys have success and they're having fun. Uh, we put so much in throughout the course of the week, especially on a short week. This is why you do it. What you love so much about football is is trying to help you know guys continue to grow and and have success. And when you see that. You know that's part of what makes this job so much fun and uh, so addicting, and and you know I, that those are moments that you can never truly emulate in any other setting, and uh, you know you got to be able to enjoy it. And and there was a lot of moments where you get jacked up, and and I was happy for those guys.
2: Going back to your first camp, I believe one of my first things I can see it in my mind's eye you working with Todd Gurley on a route just like the one. That he caught for a touchdown. Am I right about that? That same route out of the backfield. He's, he's put, you know, that was a that was a kind of a
1: game plan specific deal, and you know he you know he's caught some plays where it's really he's running a seam route out of the backfield, similar to the one that he caught against Dallas last year for a big play and. Um, you know, Todd's really just continuing to evolve into a truly a complete player. I think, you know, when you look at the nuances of that route with the amount of space that you have and be able to set and kind of buckle him where you're thinking he's going to be more lateral to downhill and not defending that vertical grass, and then he gets over the top of him, Jared drops a perfect ball. Um, you know, th- those are really hard plays to execute. And uh he did a great job there. And, and really, you know, whether it's protection, whether it's making plays the pass game, tough hard-earned yards in the run game, He's really playing at a at a complete level right now and uh you know you're glad that Todd is on your team. Yeah.
2: I would say it's tough to execute as a defense. I would say I would have to live with that. I don't think you can make that throw going into that game. I yeah. would, if he makes that throw then so be it, but damn, he hit that throw. No,
1: it, it, that's that's why you say, you know, these players uh, making the plays that that uh, that they did. It, it was impressive and and they executed at a high level. Uh, against a really good defense. I mean, you act like, you know, these are hard plays to execute and and against, you know, a, a perennial Pro Bowl player, you know. Barre, I happen to be in some tough spots, but make no mistake about it, that guy's a great football player that we have a whole lot of respect for, and, and I think it was just a result of you know, guys making some pretty great plays
0: as well. First time the Rams have had four players gain 100 yards from scrimmage in the same game in 18 years. We'll have a few more thoughts on the Thursday night football win over the Vikings when we continue with this edition of the Coach McVay Show. We also have a segment called Audibles where we will take your questions from social media and pose them directly to the head coach And a week five preview of the trip to Seattle. That's all still to come tonight on ESPN LA 710. Well, basking just a little bit in an incredible offensive start that uh, most recently included a short week victory over the Minnesota Vikings. We continue from Thousand Oaks to Marco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Sean McVay, as the team prepares for three straight now away from the Coliseum. They leave California for the first time to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball and spend some time there. On a short week, they were able to do enough in the fourth quarter to help you secure that victory. Uh, One of the players that kind of came to mind a little bit in anticipation of this week was Sam Shields because for the first time in a long time, he played a complete game, and now he gets some extended rest and preparation for presumably another start.
1: Sure, yeah, and and you know what, He, he... he kept competing. I, I think the thing that says as much about him is when, you have a, when you're have when you a result of a couple tough plays or you're around the, the ball where, where they end up making some good plays offensively, you can see that affect the guy's demeanor or the way they continue to compete. That wasn't the case with Sam at all. And part of playing that corner spot is being able to respond from some tough plays. And I thought he consistently did that. Uh, and then there's an element of, man, what the heck, you know, when he's in a good position, undercuts the third down play by Diggs and gets his hand on it. And then it kind of tips right to him for the conversion. So there's a couple plays where, you know, they'll get some bounces and, and different things like that. But Sam's going to be uh, really good, you know, and that's what you appreciate about Sam. This is a Pro Bowl player, played a lot of snaps in this league. But he's the first to take some accountability knowing some things that he can do better. And then there was a couple plays that he made where, you know, we got our hands on a ball that he was able to anticipate and read a quick game where he might have been in a position to undercut that and steal it. But uh, you also give credit to the Vikings and and Kirk Cousins and Diggs and Thielen. And, and, you know, those guys are Pro Bowl players for a reason as well. So, um, you know, but Sam did a nice job continuing to compete. That's what you respect more than anything.
2: And we asked it. uh, LaMarcus Joyner, we said, didn't have much to do. Well, you had a lot to do on Thursday. A lot to do he ran around made a lot of plays
1: yeah he did and and Lamarcus has great got a great feel you hear us talk about that play energy that he displays and thought he did a nice job made a great break out of the post you know on one of those plays down the left sideline to digs where Sam actually got his hands on that ball but you see the range and the in the you know just the instincts and the awareness and the urgency at which Lamarcus plays with and that's what you love about him and uh you know he continues to get better and better and One of the things that we really appreciate about some of our best players is that how coachable and how accountable they are. And we feel like if we've got guys that continue to demonstrate some of the things that both Sam and LaMarcus have done, uh, you look at really all of our players, uh, when they can be that way, we give ourselves a chance to get better and move forward. And and when these guys are intentional about getting better – uh, with the types of players we have, it's it's uh, you know hopefully going to continue to be good things.
0: This is the Week Five edition of the Coach McVeigh Show, live from Cal Lutheran. When you drafted John Franklin Myers, it caught my attention because at least on paper, it didn't seem like a position need of any kind of urgency, and you didn't have that many draft picks uh, in the middle of the draft. Uh, but then he shows up and you know has the the game-clinching strip sack, and I think some of that wingspan and some of the other talents that you saw when you drafted him really showed up early in this season.
1: Yeah, you really look at it, you know, John's done an excellent job, and I think it's a real credit to Les and our personnel staff, and then also Billy Johnson, being able to identify him as a guy that had some special traits and characteristics that we felt like could help him project as somebody that's going to help us coming off that edge, and he certainly has done that, and You know, we were in a little bit of a man coverage situation right there. And and really, you know, you look at, uh, you know, John makes a great play. Sue falls on it. But then when you really look at why did Cousins have to double clutch it, kind of a, you know, John Johnson does a great job coming off the shallow. It allows Marcus Peters to free up where he's in the window that now Kirk's looking to be able to replace him with, and he has to take that little second hitch. John comes in there and gets the strip, and and that's where you truly appreciate that defense is about all 11 playing on the same page and understanding how those types of plays are a result of everybody working together.
2: Like, celebrate, kid. You just made one of the biggest plays of the game. Jump up and down. He was so
1: tired. He said, just get get me off the field, but no, that was a great play by John. I think, you know, when you look at the leaders uh, with Aaron and Sue and Brockers, those guys that have embraced them, put their arm around him, and helped him continue to grow, uh, it, it was exciting to see him make that play.
2: Not that you torture inside linebackers, but talk to me about your inside linebackers. Rameek Wilson, Corey Littleton are playing good football for my eyes. They How really are. Littleton? No,
1: you're exactly right, DeMarco. Those guys have been involved. They're active. They've been involved in a lot of different things. They can both run and hit. I think they've tackled extremely well. Uh, when asked to compete in coverage they've done a nice job uh, Rameek showed up a lot and, and Corey Littleton continues to display great communicate great communication excuse me great command of what we're trying to get done uh, and you see the athleticism show up why he's been such a special teams uh, demon for us and now he's translating that to, to being a really good consistent Mike linebacker running the show for us and uh, we've been really pleased I think Joe Barry and Chris Schuler doing an excellent job with those guys and uh, really, really been very happy with those two.
0: Well, we talked earlier in the show that unfortunately Dom Easley uh, went in for surgery today and is likely headed for IR. You know, starting this week, as you get into your game plan, where do you think some of those reps might go on the edge as you look to replace him?
1: Yeah, when Dominique was uh, inactive last week against the Vikings, you know, we ended up getting T Young up, and and we'll kind of see exactly kind of how we want to approach this game plan with some of the personnel groupings that Coach Schottenheimer presenting and that we want to try to present to them from a defensive standpoint. But I think you can expect to see him. And, you know, Justin Lawler get in there a little bit more. I know both Samson and, and uh, Matt Longacre have done a nice job coming off those edges. But I think think some of the versatility that we have with some of those defensive linemen in particular enable us to give, uh, you know, a couple different looks we can present to, a, to an offense and, and hopefully
0: create and cause some confusion and some problems. All right, audibles is next from social media. Your questions directly to the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, and then we'll finish with a segment previewing the Seahawks week five coming your way on ESPN LA 710. All right, since we just heard one of the great throws of Jared Goff's career, why don't we start this audible segment with a question about Jared Goff. We always give thanks to Sean McVay for taking your questions from social media. And AN on Instagram asks, as good as Jared Goff was on Thursday night, do you think he can continue to improve?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's always things that that you can continue to improve on uh, situationally, handling different things. I mean, he played about as good of a game as you could ask, but... Um, you know, to be able to continue to display that consistently week in and week out, like really, I think you've seen him play, uh, really well through this first quarter of the season. And, and we talk about it with our team all the time and, and consistency is the truest measurement of performance with all the things that we ask and with some of the tough defenses that, that we're going to continue to face on our schedule. Um, you know, that's going to be the challenge, but he's certainly played pretty well and, um, you know, he's 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 playing at a high level and our job is to consistently try to uh, you know, see if he can continue to do that and Zach Taylor's done a great job getting him ready week in and week out and then he's done an excellent job executing.
2: Speaking of that, the long throw by Johnny Hecker, your punter, into the end zone. What's yep. the rule as is he a gunner or a receiver? Am I allowed to bump him? Is is pass interference? Oh still, yeah, still absolutely. On yeah. That?
1: Oh yeah, he becomes just like a receiver, you know, in in those types of situations and coming back to the ball. But I think even though it wasn't complete, you know, certainly got to be on alert that uh, we got a guy that can mm-hmm. launch it about fifty yards down the field. And um, you know, I know Johnny, the the expectations, the standards that he has for himself. Uh, he was disappointed that he didn't drop it right in the bucket, but. Um, You know, we'll continue to, if the opportunity presents itself, demonstrate confidence in in Johnny because of the type of player he is and, and how we believe in him.
0: Perfect passer rating games, minimum 30 attempts in the Super Bowl era. Jared on Thursday night, Kurt Warner in 2000, Ken O'Brien in 1986. That is (laughs) it. Uh, Back to audibles. Mark from Instagram. Uh, Do you like that the league is now using Donald and Sue as examples of how to sack the quarterback legally? I don't. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, no. We uh, we actually mentioned that. You know, we always talk about educating our players on the way that things are going to be officiated and having an understanding of the rules and sometimes the visual – uh, demonstrations are the best ways to communicate with our guys where you can truly see this is what it looks like to do it right and uh, demonstrating really on two of those three sacks, not not how you know how you try to when you go to the ground avoid falling on the quarterback like they both did a great job of, and then some of those situations uh being able to just take them to the ground while you're standing up, and and Aaron Aaron violently did that on one of them as well. I love you? that
0: one, yeah. But why don't you
2: like that question? Well, I just, just kind of just... like the the mean nasty yeah. Sue. I like that one. And, Let's and, avoid and the fifteen yard <laughs> penalties. How about that? I'm <laughs> with you. I like it. You know, I just like to hear the bones <laughs> crack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we continue with uh, Coach McVeigh on Audibles. Uh, Keon uh, from Twitter. Thanks for your service. He's uh, abroad serving our country right now, but he asked, did you see the Ravens put a tight end at left guard, and is that even legal?
1: We, d- I did see that last night. Uh, you know, in terms of how it's officiating, it looked like they were trying to sneak him off the line of scrimmage as if it was almost like a fullback in the backfield, but Uh, The way that that can be interpreted, uh, you know, I'll leave that up to uh, confusing as – I'm confused as you are.
0: (laughs) Uh, Eric from Instagram says, uh, Hello, Coach McVay. Great season so far. We're all excited to see what's next. Uh, He believes part of the success this season due to building so many layers of talent, a mix of old and new, working together effectively. Uh, What was your approach this offseason to keeping that balance of talent, old and new, on and off the
1: field? Yeah, you know, really that's it. I think, you know, you talk about continuing to have – veteran presence in the locker room that are also still playing at a really high level and understanding the importance of the influence and the effect that those guys can have on some of those leaders that are continuing to mature and grow throughout the course of their career um, and then you know you want to make sure that you bring in the right people that you feel like are a fit you know that'll fit in with our players that'll kind of have the same core values and principles in in terms of how we want to operate and, and ultimately good productive people And and that's what we feel like we've done these guys have done a great job being big parts of what we're doing and Uh, I think that balance has served us well.
2: You don't have to name names, but you ever had a guy that was super talented, but he just wouldn't fit on this football team, so you had to say no. No. You know, it's it's hard to say
1: because I think we're these guys do such a great job of policing themselves and having that ownership that I think if you brought a guy in that wasn't operating up to the standards and the expectations, you know, I think you almost feel um, obligated to do that because of the way that everybody else operates where you would stand out like a sore thumb and, you know... It, the the guys that we have, that certainly isn't the case, Uh, but we are pretty specific in terms of some of the people that we want to target where it's a combination of, uh, we got a lot of great football players, but these also happen to be great people. And we feel like that's a recipe for success. And, uh, we've got a whole long. We've got a long way to go, but but up to this point, uh, we feel like these guys have done a great job, and, and they're going to continue to push the standards and the
0: expectations as we move forward. We continue with this segment. We call it Audibles. Your questions directly to the head coach Sean McVay. Drew from Twitter, uh, Coach, going to a hostile environment like CenturyLink Field this week. How much of an advantage is it having a running back like Todd Gurley who thrived up there in 2017? Well, I
1: think it's an advantage having a running back like Todd, no matter whether you're playing at home or on the road. Uh, our ability to handle the noise, play with poise, and, and great concentration and uh be able to have great verbal you know really great visual communication if you will is going to be imperative and and that's something that I thought our guys did a nice job last year but uh, last year doesn't get us anything. You know, you got to go earn it again this year against uh you know what's going to be a hostile crowd, a great atmosphere and environment and uh we got a lot of work to do in the meantime, but hopefully by the time Sunday rolls around, guys will feel confident in what we're trying to get done and then go execute at a high level.
2: Gosh, he was so disciplined running the football on Thursday. He
1: was. You know, really he had a he had a really efficient game. I thought I thought we got great removal up front against a really tough defense. Uh, where a lot of those were, the, you know, they're fitting that in some single high principles, and yeah, uh, he pressed it, leveled off some runs, and and then you know to be able to cap the game off the way that he did on the you know the downhill run where he bounced it, read it out perfectly, had the presence to be able to stay in bounds, uh, you know, really just a solid game. You know, you realize the the way that you feel about Todd when. Uh, You know, he's going for over 150 all-purpose in a touchdown, and, um, you know, that's just kind of the norm for him Mm -hmm. right now. So he's really playing at a high level.
0: Glad they picked the uh, flag up on the screen too, right?
1: Yeah, me too. I'm I'm (laughs) glad about that, and uh, he did a great job setting that up and, uh, you know, being able to create a lot of yards after the catch.
0: Uh, Brett has our next question uh, for every one of your coaching hires, how important was great teacher in terms of evaluating candidates?
1: Well, that's a big part of it. I mean really uh, you know what we as a coaching staff deem you know part of being a great coach is being a great teacher. you know as a coach you are a teacher uh, you got to be a great communicator. Uh, we do believe in being positive and authentic with our players in, in a way that that lifts people up. You know, there's got to be an element of correction, uh, but not condemning, and, and that's something that, that we truly believe in. I think the players uh, hopefully would be able to tell you, and they're better served to answer that than I would. That uh, there is clarity that we that we hopefully provide to try to eliminate that gray. But then you know, doing it in an uplifting way, and then correcting you know where it's a chance for everybody to learn. You don't really correct the person; you correct you know whatever the issue is, so that we can use it as a learning opportunity to move forward, and and uh, really, teacher is, you know, what a coach is, is a teacher. I'm going to use that as a parent,
2: man. <laughs> Correction, not condemning. He wrote it down, see? Everybody like that. wrote that down. Wow. Go, oh, producer is that you? Where'd you come up with that? Or is that someone... You some- know what... Um,
1: I think, uh, you know, you have so many conversations, whether it be with other coaches, but, you know, actually in some conversations I've had with Les, you know, he, he was in a complimentary way, you know, saying that our coaching staff does a great job of correcting and not condemning. So, gotta give Les credit for that one. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll finish with uh, Travis, who asked, have you sampled Carter 5 yet, released by Lil Wayne right after your Thursday night win? You said you had some music. Yeah, you swag. know what?
1: I've heard a couple songs on it. Uh, I can't name any in particular. My girlfriend was playing a couple of them, but, uh, you know, to be able to spit out any specific names of the song. But I know I've heard a couple of the, the, the tracks on it. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be listening to it this week, especially tomorrow once we really get into full game plan mode. There You're going you to be
2: in a rap at some point. You know this, right? Somebody's going to put you in their song.
1: Wow, shoot, I like that. That'd be cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Something to strive for. We'll take it. Thanks for your uh, questions for a segment we call Audibles. One of the ones we didn't get to was from Big Rob on Instagram. How can the Rams stop Russell Wilson? We'll tackle it in our next segment, previewing the Seahawks in Week 5 on ESPN LA. Final segment of this Coach McVay Show, Week 5 edition. And the NFC West, aside from Los Angeles, has not started particularly well. Seattle, the only other team uh, at five hundred. Uh, but there's kind of more to that story, isn't there? I mean, granted, only a quarter in, and uh, some teams have had tougher schedules than others, including the Seattle Seahawks, who have played on the road quite a bit so far. Yeah,
1: they? you know, really, the, the first quarter of a season serves as a, a very small sample size for, you know, what is a normal, you know, 16-game season. So there's a lot of football to be played. They did a great job finding a way to get a tough win, you know, on the road against a division opponent that we know we have a lot of respect for in the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, any time that you go to, to Seattle, uh, going against a Pete Carroll led team, uh, when you got Russell Wilson playing quarterback on offense, uh, some of the weapons that they have, guys like Doug Baldwin, and then you look at the defense uh, and the tough system and scheme, and and some of their players, you know, it, it's going to be a great challenge.
2: Right, it, it seems like no matter what, uh, the season starts when you go up there and play in the <laughs> NFC West.
1: Well, it's the next game for us, and it's yeah. it's a, a big time opportunity for us. You know, it, it, there's there's a like we said, there's a lot of great players. You know, I think Bobby Wagner is one of the more complete players. Uh, at his position he's got a great command of what they're trying to get done defensively he does an excellent job with the communication Clark coming off the edge as a rusher uh, you know I think Griffin's gotten better and better as a corner certainly losing Earl is a huge loss for him but guy like Bradley McDougal's played really productive football for them for the last couple of years and um, you know, it's something that we've got to have a great week of preparation to be ready to go against a team that is uh, has won year in and year out and, and done an excellent job over the last handful
0: of years. Earl Thomas carted off with a broken leg in their win against the Arizona Cardinals over the weekend. So the last remaining original member of their Legion of Boom secondary seems like he's done for the year, and maybe done as a Seahawk. What was your reaction to seeing that injury as someone who has gone against him in some pretty good duels? Yeah,
1: you hate that. You know, I, I think you know any time that you see players go down, you know whether it's ours or somebody else, you you know, you never wish that on anybody. You know, these guys work so hard, and there's so much that goes into it. And I've got so much respect and appreciation for the type of player and the caliber of player that, that Earl Thomas is and what he's been since we've gone against them. And hopefully, you know, you wish him for a safe recovery. And, um, you know, that, that's the, really, the main thing is you never want to see guys get injured. That, that's that's something about this game that, that you never wish on anybody, whether you're playing them or not.
2: How do you label Russell Wilson? Scrambler? No, buy I think time, I, think he's, I think he's
1: a great quarterback. You know that that has the ability to make plays with his legs or with his arm. Um, you know, I think a lot of times that you know it takes away from the the caliber of quarterback that he is. But he can certainly make plays in rhythm. Uh, he can make all the throws. He's accurate. He anticipates. But um, if things break down, he's got a rare ability to be able to buy time. Uh, utilize that time with his legs and he scrambles with his bit with big eyes down the field you know you see him buying time and and becoming a thrower off schedule uh, but he also has the ability to create with his legs in terms of running and uh, he presents a variety of problems and and he's had a lot of success in a variety of systems and I think uh, coach Sottenheimer's done a nice job kind of finding a way to accentuate his skill set and you'll see that show up on Sunday but hopefully we'll be ready to go and, and give him some fits
0: Russell Wilson coming off his 19th career game-winning drive, tied with Matt Ryan for second most since he came into the league in 2012. Uh, new coordinators on both sides of the ball, so some new-look Seahawks in terms of scheme, although uh, you went against uh, Ken Norton uh, Jr. when he was with the Oakland Raiders, I believe. Is there enough of a sample size, four games with the Seahawks to draw from, or do you go back to some of that as well? Yeah,
1: you know, really, he, he's, uh, he's been in Seattle before as a linebacker coach, and, and Ken Norton, you know, he was a great player where, you know, was part of a Super Bowl team obviously with with both the Cowboys and the Niners and my grandpa was was in, involved in that Niners team and then he's a great coach so uh, it's going to be more similar to what you've seen in a Coach Pete Carroll-led defense. You know, their system, the scheme, the way they operate, but they certainly do have some mixers and some situational things that we got to do a great job being ready for, and, and those will be things we'll get more comfortable with as the week progresses. I
0: still see Ken Norton punching goalposts. I know, right? Back from the playing days, <laughs> That's yeah. That's right. Used to drive me crazy. <laughs> I buried the lead. Punter showdown in week five. Johnny oh, yeah. Hecker kind of regarded as the best punter in the league, and this upstart rookie, Michael Dixon, who everyone is raving about. Could be a field position battle up there in the Pacific Northwest well let's hope not you know as an offensive
1: <laughs> coach you know we don't like to use Johnny too much unless he's holding you know and uh you know if we can do that that means usually that's a, a you know a recipe for good things and lots of points scored but uh if that does need to be the case uh he certainly is is what we feel like the best in the league and, and couldn't be happier that he's our guy
0: I'm sure he's a little bit frustrated with Thursday night probably is looking forward to getting a good one off if he does get that chance this weekend
1: yeah yeah he uh you know Johnny's standards that he has for himself are different right. and and that's what makes him a great player and uh, he always wants to to do everything at at an elite level, and and I know that you know while hey that was a solid job, you know he expects to be great, and and we have confidence mm-hmm. that uh, like he's demonstrated throughout his career, he'll respond the right way if he gets that opportunity, which we hope he doesn't unless it's as a holder. There like you I go. Said,
0: <laughs> Job well done on the 4-0 and start. Uh, now the Rams hit the road for 3 Coach, we wish you a good week of preparation, and we hope uh, health on a lot of the players that we're looking forward to potentially seeing, including potentially Mark Barron's uh, season debut, Greg Zerline, among the other candidates, uh, Jojo Natson uh, that Sean McVay told us in the assembled media today might have a chance in Week 5 against the Seahawks. Glad Thanks, you had J.B. some weekend to yourself. DeMarco, we will uh, talk to you on Wednesday yes, for sir. Rams All Access. Uh, this has been the Coach McVay Show live from Thousand Oaks on ESPN L.A.